morning, everyone. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachman Siegel Network. I think I should say g'day because I'm down under now in my hometown. This is, I think, our first really big show that I'm doing from Sydney, Australia. I cannot believe that I'm here. We've actually set up inside of Millie's Deli on Off South Head Road. For those of you who know Sydney, Australia, it's the, one of the main hubs of the Jewish community lined with many, many kosher restaurants and eateries. And today we are going to have an amazing show. We've got a live audience. It is a, today's Tuesday afternoon. They're going to listen to it on Friday morning where I will already be back in Sydney when this goes to air. But I'm thrilled to have my home team uh, be here at table for two. So uh, let's do that monologue that we always do every Friday morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman and I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. Go figure. <laughs> I give cooking classes, run chop competitions. I wrote two cookbooks. And anytime you don't, anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. You can tune in every week and hear about my cooking adventures, kosher food traveling, and sharing your great recipes and food ideas and my amazing guests. And I want to hear about your food experiences too. So email me. Naomi at Nachum Siegel. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and that thing called TikTok. Uh, so uh, very excited. So if you have a great food experience, I want to hear all about it. So, um, okay, this stopwatch has stopped. <laughs> I don't know where we're up to, but I need someone to turn on the stopwatch. Hello, Rabbi. Um, we've got an amazing team here. Abrami, I don't have a stopwatch on me, so I have no idea just how long. Okay, not watch because we're at two minutes. Okay, so now I have to go to 58 minutes. Okay, so sorry guys, I usually have a stopwatch going, but we had some technical difficulties getting the Wi Fi up and running. So we're doing this a little bit different how we normally do it. And I don't have ZK holding my watch or a Brummy holding my watch. I've got one right here on the show. Um, you all have to sit, I think, on that side. I think it'll just be easier. Um, Okay, as we said, I am here in Sydney, Australia. I'm thrilled to be here with a hometown team. And it is nice to acknowledge all the great kosher products that they have to our sponsor, who's back in New York from Tuscanini. Tuscanini has products on the shelves in New York, but also right here in Sydney, Australia. I was so excited to see some of their products that have made it down under. So thank you to our sponsors at Tuscanini. But right now we're going to turn the tables down under and let's talk to the people who keep us kosher because you need a team to run the kashrut of a town. And I have with me Rabbi Moshe David Gutnick. I have Rabbi Aaron Gutnick. Groner. Sorry, he married a right? <laughs> it's all the G's, right? And I have Ramona Friedman, who is the executive. Yeah, I'm running the social, um, focused on all, all things the admin kosher, as well. All things kosher in Sydney. Okay, yeah. so what a team that we have. So first of all, Rabbi Gunig, nice to see you. Thank you, how are you? Rabbi Gunig also has, is my Masada Kedushin at my wedding. Um, 30 years ago, this um, Tuba Av. 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah, remember you wore a tuxedo, you wore a tuxedo. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, yeah, back then you wore a tuxedo at weddings. 
the, the airport Hilton. Okay, so you made still made it into your memory. Okay, amazing. <laughs> bits and bits and pieces over the years, but it's really nice to be here. And it, every year you come to Kosher Fest and you show all the great products. So let's talk about when the New South Wales Kosher Authority started. It started in 19, December 1990. Before that, there were two Kosher agencies in Sydney, and we created a Bezim and, and Shiva and united into one, which became the Kosher Authority. Beautiful, beautiful. And how many restaurants do we have right now, currently in Sydney? I don't know. <laughs> you can use that the app Kosher GPS. It will list all the restaurants. Okay. So, so um, besides just doing restaurants, talk about all the different products that Australia is producing and selling across the world. Well, um, there's a lot of um, uh, boutique products like um, licorice. And licorice is produced in the, it's a uniquely Australian licorice. It's very different than the American it's licorice. It's found in every kosher supermarket across the United States. There's two types. There's the Daraline, which is kosher in America, but you can't get it kosher here. Really? Really. What other pro products is just like that? <laughs> we want some. No, you can't. No, you Yashan growing up. Why is that? For many hundreds of years, um, two things happened. First of all, everybody assumed that it took a long time for the grains to come from the um, from the fields to the shop. And I remember growing up in that way that you don't have to worry about Yashan because everything is old. Anyway. Let's talk about for a second, I'm sorry to interrupt, in case someone's never heard of Yashan. Can you just give well, our regular card what Yashan is? Yashan is connected to Pesach. If you, if you remember, we start the counting of the Omer. Yashan means old, oh, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yashan means that it is, um, it has grown before Pesach. And Fadash means it's new, it's grown after Pesach. If you okay. remember the Sfirat Omer, why do we count the Omer? The Omer is at the beginning, uh, uh, as soon as the grain becomes permissible, we bring the Omer. And then in 49 days, we typically bring a Thanksgiving um, sacrifice for the crops. Okay. So that is um, what Yashon is. Now, in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a, a rabbi in America who, first of all, Israel, everybody worries about Yashon because Israel, the laws of Yashon apply for sure. Outside of Israel, there's a very famous um, a person called the Bach, who always held that Yashan does not apply with non-Jewish fields. And the whole Jewish world actually generally accepted that okay. and was not careful about um, uh, Yashan. I remember hearing Lubavitch Rebbe say that um, that was in the, in the mid-80s that um, he gave that as an example of sometimes there's mitzvahs that collectively 
get observed leniently. And he said, Yoshin is an example. And at that time, he said he doesn't know anybody who worries about Yoshin who lives in Kutz Lawrence. Uh -huh. that, that was the case in 1985. In the late 80s, um, someone discovered that it can be only a matter of weeks from when the produce goes from the fields to the shops. And people started to become more aware of Yoshin, and they started this this uh, movement, movement, this movement to be strict with Yoshan. Lots of people are still today not strict. Right, it's very, it's not so common. Like it's, not, it's becoming more and more common because more and more Yoshan products available. Mm -hmm. Part of the problem is creating the, the balance. If you've got older grain or older flour, or more chance of insect infestation. If it's fresh flour, any of the microscopic bugs on the on the on the wheat has haven't hatched yet. So sometimes if you strip with gosh on, you may end up being lenient when it comes to bugs. So there's all sorts of reasons why people Wow. <laughs> Anyone know this? There's all yeah. sorts of there's all sorts of of um, of why it could be lenient and all the reasons why it could be strict. For example, um, there's Two heads of three heads in the United States. One of the heads says, I'm um, very, very particular when um, it comes to Yosha, but it's not worried about how we throw. And the other head says, not particular about Yosha at all, but he's very, very worried about how we throw. So, depends where you're holding your line. Depends what the rabbi says, but the rabbi says. But nevertheless, in Israel, especially in now, the America, it's very popular to have Yosha. With the unique position of Australia in that um, the seeds are different here than in um, uh, than in America. A lot of the crop will have shops more and more in the United States where we have uh, every block has four pizza shops. Yeah. Some of them will say Yashan. Like it's become we have that in Melbourne, we won't have it in Interesting. Okay. Okay. All right, see we're learning here every minute of every day. Okay. Thank you, Rabbi. All right. So we're gonna turn a little bit now to Rabbi Groner. Hi, welcome. You've been on the show through Kosher Fest many times. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, I get questions all the time about, Naomi, I just found Tim Tams in Target, but I don't see a Heksher on it. I'm like, no, 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 don't buy that one. <laughs> Can we hear the story of how Tim Tams became kosher and why you cannot buy it in Australia or in America, only in Israel? Oh, and I have other questions. I can tell you why it's not available today. Okay, start with that. Yeah, so it used to be available in Australia. Um, it took a while to get um, all the ingredients locally of the Akosha. And 
quite a while, I think it was three years, um, we had kosher tintax, regular and double coat. Can I, can we just, I just forgot to say, can you just tell everyone what a Tim Tam is? Not the Tam Tam crackers. Those of you who are watching on our YouTube channel, Tim Tam is a chocolate-coated Australian biscuit that everybody loves from around the world, okay? These are for me to take back to the United States to keep in my freezer, which I always have full, full stash all the time, but I get mine from Israel. Okay, Rabbi. So... I guess it was three years into making it kosher, um, or make, making all Tim Tams kosher here in Australia, the company was asked by a very good client of theirs to move away from artificial colors to natural colors. And they wanted a natural red color in the Tim Tams. So what's the natural red color? You know, that's Cockneal plant. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we worked with it to see... Tell them what the cochlear plant is. So it's actually a bug that people call cochineal or carmine or E120. And uh, it, uh, it's a very, very concentrated... Uh, Crushed bug. That, um, that is used in the industry um, yeah. quite a lot. And uh, they gave us the bad news that uh, they need to change the local ingredients to a natural... Red color, and the only natural red color that would actually last and keep the tams the color that they wanted is carmine cochineal, which is currently the case with local tams. But they kept a unique ingredient in this, which is kosher for, Australian, for the Israeli market. So, how often do they produce that? Do you have to go in there, kosher at all? Okay. Oh, can I come? Nine. One for the packet, one for the mat. It's here. Um, I'm going to get some to the top of that. Twice a month. Twice a month. So the, the Tim Tams that I buy, it's Shuk Machane the candy store right next to at the candy store right next door to Marzipan yeah. on Agrippas, that's where I buy them. Yeah. Um, they, so they used to have a caramel flavor. We're going to bring that back. Well, well <laughs> the, the company that brings in to Israel is constantly looking for new flavors. Okay. Um, they're working on it. Currently, we only have the two. Okay. Um, but they are working on dark, I believe, and they want the caramel flavor. Oh, the caramel flavor is amazing. As you can see, it's made for the Israeli market. Everything's in Hebrew, ingredients, um, the nutritional panel, and has the KA very See. nice over there. And uh, there's a unique certificate that Robert Kutnik puts together every production that uh, validates your production. So you cannot, the supervisor that goes. So you cannot buy Tim Tams without that diamond KA. Yeah. It is not kosher. It's also kosher. Oh, it's Yashua, but not Chalab Israel. Rabbi. We need to make this see why. One of the requirements is that flour is used as to be Yashua. And on the sheet that we pull out, yeah. the production sheet that with times and all that, it has when, you know, what flour that they're using, when was it harvested. That's amazing. Oh my God, the So when are we making a Chalabisra batch? Is it possible? Yeah, right? 
because the milk's expensive. It makes it, it's good about Okay, I got a lot of very happy people. I know there'll be a very a lot of you know happy a happy crew if it becomes Israel and Yasha. Wow, that would be okay. Amazing, amazing. We we find we find a lot of kosher products, and maybe this you know you could all address this, but also to Ramona. Um, I'll get a lot of questions um, about you know Trader Joe's. They have a lot of. Yes. Um, Trader Joe's products. So you, how does all that work? Like, how does a company that that you know wants to become kosher, yeah, go through the process? Well, here and then ends up say in the shelves here in well, very America, often, uh, Australia, and then in America. Very often, the launching pad for that would be initially the kosher <laughs> fest. So Australian really? companies will come to kosher fest and be showcased. We always have a stand. It's always very well attended. Right, yes. Amazing companies um, that we bring to the American market and show them. And we've had tremendous success in that regard. Um, and then ultimately they go into the export market and the Americans very often love them. And that's, for example. You know, the real food. Real exactly corn what I was going to say. Yeah, the corn food. The corn food. Oh, yeah. What was the most successful product? The coke, the corn fins. You know, I, I remember when you bought Solomon Sippets in. I was just so happy that I could buy Solomon Sippets in gourmet glass. That's a soup nut that is just unparalleled. It's now Baruch Dynamis to the food world. I say, guys, we bring back Solomon Sippets. Let's bring it back. Who has the pattern on that? Right. <laughs> Um, exactly right. So I think we've had a lot of Australian products that have won awards at Kosher Fest, and that's given them um, that's given them visibility. And then from there, they step into the market, and it's such an exciting opportunity for Australian for Australian kosher companies, kosher certified, because we we look at these companies as being part of our KA family. And so when our when any of these companies are successful. When any of these companies are successful, we we we're all very excited it's about it. It's successful. The community is excited about that, and the company has been consistently showcasing Kosher and we have a great relationship with them. And yeah, it's very exciting every November. Yeah, we yeah. look we look. I look forward to that every year. I miss this. Uh, this is the first Kosher Fest that I missed. Ah, well, I it, was there. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I. I I went to cooking school in Italy for no. a week. That was like a really big, that was amazing. <laughs> that was really amazing. Um, I learned a lot. I love to share what I learned on, on Instagram and, and around the world. On... So we had Chef's Choice products. We had, we had, what Chef's Choice? We had an extraordinary range of spices and unique, unique products in that space. Rabbi, what else did we have? We had so many. We had so many options. I remember when you had the chocolates. We had the ovary. Is, oh, is he still around? Yes. And Bangaroo? Bangaroo, yeah. sorry. It, it only came up after I yeah. left yeah. Australia. Oh, wow. Well. So if, if, if any of your listeners come on down to Sydney, there's an extraordinary kosher certified, KA certified chocolate shop in the most scenic, beautiful place called Barangaroo, which is a stone's throw away from the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House. And it's so fantastic. And you can come on down and get the most 
handmade, beautiful, made with love chocolates. I sound very passionate about I, those I'm chocolates. I'm very in passionate about my chocolate. And they do. You had me at dairy. Beautiful to be at work there and to get very supportive again. Okay, incredible. Um, what what can we see next? What's what's the next trend going to be here Rabbi in Kosher? Okay. No, you can say. It's very polite to you. You can share the conversation. And if anybody has questions, what happened to that? There's a lot going on. We have that more and more companies are willing to go kosher. They see the benefit of it. And there's a company that's just become kosher certified. Protein, protein shakes, everything. Oh, nice. Protein, both parov and um, um, dairy. Um, and it's an incredible range of over 150 products. Wow. Um, companies called Pure Products, actually owned by Israeli, Israeli um, Shimon Ehud. And uh, that's, uh, that's something that's very new. This guy will be uh, out to the public uh, in the next uh, few days. Okay. I think what we find is that the KA, the Diamond KA is a trust mark yes. that not only Australian kosher consumers identify with, but the Australian public identifies with, and well beyond that, the global kosher right. public identify with. More so and more. When they see that know. trust mark on, on a packet, on, a, on any sort of uh, product, then it's an automatic, you know, they, they, they feel like they understand that, that our team's behind it and that it's something that's endorsed something that they can really so so talking about this mark right yeah. in in america where a lot of the listeners are or and, and in israel uh you have everything has an ou a half k right. a star k so you could go into a supermarket like i have been in the craziest places in the united states right. in montana i walked into a supermarket and i was able to find many kosher products with symbols okay yes in Australia, it works a little bit different, right? So we have two options. I'm, I'm going to, and yes. I want you to elaborate, right? Okay. Yes. One is the book or the app. Is there still a book or it's just an app? Yeah. App. App. Okay. Website. When I was a kid, it was a book. Yeah. Um, and the website. And the other one is working with the, the supermarkets to right. label it up in the store. So you want to just elaborate a bit on that? Um, yeah. So, so the truth is that it's actually changed from your day. Um, there's, there's more and more companies today that uh, are actually putting a logo on the packaging. You find more and more logos um, than you've ever. Um, you also have this whole thing where uh, the tag shelves, you know, the, the, the tags on the shelves are actually monitored and uh, marked as kosher. So that, that helps the kosher consumer. Um, and then, yes, there are certain companies that principally don't want to put a kosher logo on. Um, just last week, I was at a factory um, doing an audit. Um, very happy what does that mean? Order. What does an audit mean, a kosher audit? Kosher audit means making sure that everything is still kosher. Yeah. And everything's still a checkup, a checkup, check eyes on. And um, discussed the possibility of putting a kosher logo. And it was interesting to hear because he turned around and said that um, many years ago, they used to be kosher. And at what the, was the product? We at, can't say. At, at the time, he said that um, there was a lot of uh, discussions um, against halal in Australia 
which is right, they were saying that the money was going to terrorism and they don't want to take my accusation, yeah, no, an accusation. And this no. company got a lot, you said this company got a lot of hate mail, yeah. the fact that they were halal and kosher. That's so terrible. Well, it's very important for them to be kosher and they have a lot of clients in kosher. They're very happy to show them the kosher certificate of which products are kosher, but they don't want to put it in the packaging because they want to somehow, um, you know, some, some, some people are like some but, uh, there are some companies who export I mean, level outside of Australia, but because they export also to um, to uh, Arab countries, they um, just don't want to have the kosher symbol. But the Arabs. but they does still have the certification. Yes. Oh, yes. So I went to Coles yesterday, which is the big supermarket chain here. What's it equivalent of in America? Like. Uh, Kroger's. Uh, Kroger's or Stop and Shop, yeah. and and the items that are kosher, sometimes they have it on the packet, and sometimes they also have it on the supermarket shelf. We'll have the they will say um, chocolate, you know, chocolate yeah. crunchies, and they'll have two ninety nine, and then we'll have the diamond, the diamond yeah. ka, which uh, which I have to say is monitored by the mashkiach who's there nine to five. Yeah. I met him; he was so nice. That is dedicated, for example, to the supermarket you went to yesterday, and it's his. Fully kosher bakery. Right, raise on What? Table. The whole bakery's kosher. The whole yeah, bakery. You have to try. Yeah. You have to go and uh, try their bread. Their so, road trip. Road trip to my morning, Bono Junction. Pass this road. Pass this road. Pass this road. If it gets. Actually, yes, it's also Olive Israel, Margarita Pizza coming out of the. Yeah. Olive Israel, Margarita Pizza, which is also. Parents, yeah. to go with you guys yeah. on a supermarket tour. It's the best bread you have ever tasted. It's also really. It's what? It's what? It's the Coles Bakery, which is their normal, what would normally have been their non-kosher bakery. Yeah, is kosher. Yeah, with non-kosher prices. So how do you manage with with, with, with um, Bishel Akon? Uh, well, personally, we have surprises there every day. Wow. Supervisor every day. Oh, okay. Um, and I think so. No, Australians to... can't get fresh bread on shoppers because we've got to keep it kosher. <laughs> I love it. I think, uh, that's a win for Sydney. I think what, what we have to remember with Sydney is that we're not in a kosher population or a kosher public equivalent to New York or anywhere near that. So when we have kosher products that are widely purchased by the entire cross section of the community, um, the wider community, that is how we sustain so many kosher companies as part of our, under our KA umbrella. And so this is a classic example of that because you have thousands, thousands of, of loaves of bread, of bread rolls, of margarita pizza rolls and all sorts of things that are purchased by everybody. Everybody loves them. Everybody appreciates they just them. They happen to be kosher. They are all kosher. It's a bit more than just happen to be kosher. It took a lot of work. <laughs> This team, the dream team of Sydney Kosher. And I think you find that with other other products like um, Asai is just, there's an open You said it, like I can't say it. Asai. But just, my friends are making fun of yes, me. How do they say it? I don't know. Asai. Asai. No, it's Asai. No, we've got Asai. So we tell Rachel all the crew that it's Asai. There we go. Yeah, we're going to put them on next. That's the run segment here.
Yeah. You don't have to go anywhere else. Got they it. make a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful function. Yeah. Big, small, medium, whatever you want. So, yeah. We're very... With a lot of food. Oh, yeah, you should see what we just cooked. We're, very, we're very blessed. In Sydney, we have so many caterers, so many dedicated bakers, so many products, thousands of products within our supermarket, and a KA team that honestly is working day and night for the community, with the community, to enhance the community. If we say so ourselves. And no, we're really, we really, we really. She's a spokesperson for a reason. We really she's, so, she's so eloquent. We really. Um, love and appreciate what we do and how we do it and every day our tagline is keeping kosher made easy that's our mission and we want to make it easy for australian consumers even though the, the population is not as large as where where you know live. what's your favorite italian food the one that you cook what do you like the best of all the things that you learned in italy uh handmade <laughs> pasta handmade pasta really <laughs> why my kids make that yeah, there it's you fun. You know where I learned how to make it? You probably there with Nathan Smith. Were you there that night? It was all like right after, two, maybe during the nine days, maybe 10, 12 years ago. We, we learned how to do it here. But I, I, lasagnas, meats. Fabulous. Yeah. We, 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 love, we love everything Italian. <laughs> In my house. Um, I just want to give Ramona a, a little minute here. Ramona is also a very talented writer and a book author. Thank so you. can I just give you a moment in the sun here? Sure. Talk about your book. Um, I know it's not a food book, but I'm just a big fan of Ramona, so we've got to give her uh, food, food for thought. Okay. Thank you. Not so, expecting the spotlight, but I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I have published a book, and in fact, I'm writing another one right ooh, now. Yay. Very excited because a publisher in Jerusalem has picked it up. Which one? Geffen. Oh, sorry. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yay. Um, okay. And I'm very excited about that. It is not finished yet because I'm doing so much kosher work every day. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. So talk so about your all, first book. It's all good work. But basically the first book was published and available around the world in Jewish bookstores. And um, I, I wrote it so that it could help people understand the journey from moving from a non-observant life to moving into a more observant life. And yeah. Thank God it's had a lot of lovely feedback and I'm very excited about the second one. Too. So where can people buy your first book? At the moment, I think it's on Amazon. It's in reprint. And what's so it called? Moving Home. Moving oh. Home. Okay, yeah. Moving Home by <laughs> Ramona Friedman with two E. No, Sorry, I got you. Stay tuned for the next one. Okay, good. Back uh, to Kushra. Back, back to Kushra. But you. I'm a big believer in supporting women's businesses and Thank women you. who have empowered Yiddish Kai yeah. and you are that well, person. So. Yeah. Okay, thank you. thank you, rabbis. I could talk to you for hours about food and more food and kashras in Sydney, but we're going to move right along. We're going to talk to Dina from Millie's and we're going to schmooze with her. Um, I'm just going to, we can just do this. Hello. How's it going? Are you, is the whole team coming up or just you? No, like she's, she's going away. Okay, why don't you come around? Maybe you come around. Um, thank you. Thank you to the team, uh, guys, rabbis. Thank you, Rabbi Goodnick, Rabbi Grona. We have some questions. Wait, we've got a question from the audience. What's your question? We have a question for the rabbi while Dina comes around. Okay, all right. All right, that's a, a question not so much for now, Cor, but you two, you two can answer. You can go outside. <laughs> 
That, that was asking some uh, an inter-Sydney question. Hi. Hi again. Hi, thank you so much. We just did a, a takeover on kosher.com and now we're switching to uh, Nakam Siegel Network. I'm trying to showcase the amazing Delhi here, Millie's Delhi. It's a partnership. Why don't you tell us about how you got started and how you found your partner and how Millie's grew to be a staple in Sydney? Um, Manette's now been in the food business for many years. She's hiding from you. Is she stage shy? Yes. <laughs> no, she's not. She's not. I don't know where she is. Maybe All right. We're trying to get the... the the dynamic duo over here. Guys, come on. Yeah. We're actually using, we're using Dina's phone as our timekeeper. We, I just have to know, how's it? I've, I've run you all ragged today. All right. All right, let's, let's introduce our team over here. Go. Okay. So I'm Dina, and this is my business partner, Manette. How did you come to being called Millie? If one of you is a okay, Millie. So I'm Miller. Minette is Lee Warden. Together we are Millie. <laughs> okay. And that was her idea. Okay, I love it. Because it's it, and it's become such a catchy name. It is. Everyone knows it right here in Sydney. Okay, so how did you get started in this business? Minette used to buy from me, used to cook from home. Like a personal chef. You know, she used to, she was in the in food business and I was cooking from home. She used to buy from me. And then one day she said, let's do something together. And that was how many years ago? 20 years ago. Rabbi, you leave those Tim Tams behind. <laughs> you know, that's not fair, Rabbi. <laughs> He's producing for Israel, not for us. Well, Tim Tams. Yeah. We'll, have, yeah. we'll have a we'll have a ticket riot soon. It's milk it's milk in a flagship restaurant. Okay, but we could ask the cashier of authority if we're allowed to do that. <laughs> okay, let's go back. All right, so you started buying food. Annette used to buy food from you. She said a lot of people have asked us to do kosher. Let's start something together, which we did. And here we are today. How many years? What, what year did you say? 22, 23 years. 23 years you've been doing this. Are you sick of food and sick of cooking? We don't get sick. We get no. I love every it. Day I could, I could, yeah, right. Every day, I will give somebody a menu in six months' time, and in five and a half months' time, I change the menu because I've done something new. I'm a cook with. Right, you're always changing it up. Always something different. Okay, what's your what's the main kind of food that you serve? How do you? What's your favorite kind of food and the most popular? A lot of food. A lot of questions here. That's how that's what it is exactly. That's how I'm cooked. Right. It's not in big giant batches. Small batches. So everything is, is home cooked. We home cooks. We we don't have the big industrial machines. As soon as you start producing in bulk, it doesn't taste the same. I, I agree. I agree. I, I, people always ask me, I, I cook for people for pizza, and I never um will go bigger than I can handle. Like yeah. I want to keep it small, small batches. You gotta taste, you gotta to talk to it. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. You gotta love that food. Okay, but 
people in America, they might not know what Australian cuisine is. What is Australian cuisine? What is that Australian cuisine to you? Asian influence. Asian influence. Well, it's a multicultural um, country, so it's just a mixture. It's a mixing pot of Thai, Indian, Nepalese, Chinese, Jewish. Okay. And I make a, you could make not a udon soup, you could make a judon soup. Judon. <laughs> I love that. Can we get the recipe for that? Yes. What's in a judon soup? Well, it's it's probably got that, you have a dumpling, so it could be a matzo ball. Matzo ball. But it's, it looks different. I love that. It doesn't that. really taste different. <laughs> I believe, I just believe in giving people the food they love. I don't like fancy food. We like to make it look different. Okay. I was here on Friday afternoon and he gave me some pad thai. You can't buy that in a kosher supermarket. No. Yeah, in a restaurant uh, in New York. But he, uh, when they have on Fridays here um, at Millie's, they have a shook. We're going to talk a little about the shook and what, I, what you gave me on Friday, especially for people who are listening to this and are thinking, I'm going to Sydney. Where am I getting food okay. from? So they phone me at the beginning of the week and say, can you make, Say a nasi goreng. A what? A what? A what? A nasi goreng, which is an Indonesian spicy rice served with a fried egg on top if you don't want the egg. You can introduce chicken. You can make a curry with tofu. It is absolutely delicious. Yeah. And if they give me enough warning, then I make it for the shop. But you can't phone me on the day. I have to be prepared. So if somebody says, I need it for this Friday, that's new on the menu. I like to introduce something new every week. Because it brings people in to see what's new this week. Otherwise, it gets boring if everything's the same. I love that. You have the staple, you have the schnitzel, the pies. The, what kind of pies? We make chicken pies, beef pies. Very Australian to eat meat pies and chicken pies. We make a little pierogan, which is South African, a uh, little mini pies, which we traditionally eat in soup. Mm -hmm. uh, what else do we make? Schnitzel, schnitzel chicken. See, curries is not typical in America. So we make uh, typical in Indian curries. So we'll do butter chicken, um, chicken tikka masala, uh, lamb korma, dal. You have a much more different and open-minded flavor profile in your daily day. Like normally you would find like a filter fish and some cabbage and liver and all the traditional stuff. But you have a very large enhancement of other foods yeah. from around the world. Well, I've had my staff for many years. And we are one big family. We've always looked after them. They look after me. They're the best investment in my business. And they come from different cultures. They bring, they bring all the, the ideas. We had some... So uh, we learned from each other. So we had some pad thai on Friday and because one of your chefs is from Thailand. Yes. Um, and, and, and and interestingly enough, when I asked them to do a nasi goreng, I said, but it's got oyster sauce in it. Yeah, so what do you use? Well, I used, I, so I, I worked together with them. I did my, my investigations and I, I've, I've shown them how to cook without oyster sauce, without fish sauce. There are other, other ingredients that you can use instead of those. And it tastes just as delicious. And it hasn't got MSG in it. Right. It's much cleaner much eating. Cleaner, yeah. Much cleaner eating. Okay. Uh, what else can we buy here? Um, do you have, I'm just looking into your 
your, fr your refrigerator. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of people buy, they come in and buy food for the week. Oh, really? You can, uh, you know, you've got cottage pies, beef lasagnas, yeah. vegetarian, the, the booty. So this was my lunch this afternoon. Uh, with Persian we, rice, with we, made rice this, we made this on kosher.com. I'm still eating it. And we also had a milk tart. Oh, have a look at this. Millie's cottage pie. Okay. Medium and large. You can what, take it home. What's a cottage pie? The shepherd's pie. Ah. Shepherd's pie. I'm I think it's made cheese. of lamb. Lamb. Cottage pie and speed. It's my interpretation. Okay. <laughs> and it's frozen properly. Now, if you're coming you here. You can buy fish on a Friday. Or you can <laughs> buy frozen. And for all the tr people that travel in, they can come in, they can order, or they can just pick things up straight out of the fridge and freezer. Yeah section amazing. and we also like now we're coming into winter we're going to make a laksa you know what laksa is no do you guys know what laksa is okay okay i have so what i have is i have a bag of laksa soup and attached to that bag are the noodles the dumplings the vegetables and when you go home you warm up the soup you throw everything together you throw it into a pot or into a plate and it's all done for you oh i love this what did you call it laksa laksa which is a a Malaysian spicy soup, and it's, it's it's a meal. I want to order that right now. Uh -huh. Yeah, that sounds amazing. You haven't got it in New York. I've never heard of it. Do you guys all know what it is? We have we actually have a live audience with us today, and we're going to put you. Can you guys all wave? If you can see it, we had a computer glitch, so we're just uh, zooming right off my phone. Uh, but it's been so amazing to have friends here join us. Uh, Right here on at Millie's on table for two. We literally have a table right now. It's table for three. Um, in terms of desserts, do you sell desserts as well? Okay, so besides that milk tart that we make, did you guys have the Ooh. milk tart? Okay, you had. We make a South African malva pudding, malva which pudding. is our version of a sticky date. It's I'm not going to say it's nicer. It's just as delicious. But it's made without dates. It's nice and rich. And if you want, you can put a shot of brandy in the sauce. Ooh. You had me a shot of brandy. A shot of brandy in the sauce. And it's, it's served the same as a sticky date. Guys, I've got an idea for you. Have you thought about writing a cookbook? Nah, it's too hard, right? It's annoying. Yeah, I thought of it now. <laughs> Millie's cookbook. Imagine, I'd buy it. They're like... Are you crazy? <laughs> We've got enough to do right here. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for Thank joining. Thanks, thanks for coming to visit us today. And, I, I and I'm you. looking forward to meeting you in New York. Yeah, coming in two weeks, right? Yeah. I can't wait. We're going to hit up Crown Heights. Yeah. Great restaurants yeah. there. Great restaurants in the five towns. Great restaurants in Manhattan, all over the place. You? you have to tell me how many times you can go out to eat with me. Three, four, five meals a day. I had two oh. dinners last night. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, I'm ready. Okay, amazing. Thank you so, so much, guys. We're going to bring on our next. Um, okay, I'm just going to ask my stage manager over here, Ramona. We could. This first show is going to end soon. Um, we've got taste water. Okay, so I've got. You want to do taste water, and then at five o'clock we'll go into the fish. Can you tell them? Okay, so we've got we've got a, a product um, that we are that we just learned about. I just learned about today. It's produced right now. Was this at Kosher Fest? This is 
Hi guys, I'm loving to, I'm loving meeting all the brilliant entrepreneurs. I always like that. I always meet so many great uh, food producers, people who try to get into the kosher market uh, in America. And I meet a lot, a lot, a lot. And now I'm in Sydney hometown and I'm meeting you guys who have produced this. Tell me about this water. So it's a flavoured water. We're the first in Australia to be doing what we're doing. Okay, let's. I just realised I didn't say your Introduce name. Me. Introduce me. Just right, jump right in there. I'm a bad. I'm a bad interviewer. Today. So you guys are. Hi, I'm Hannah Harkin. Jakob Harkin. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you guys too. You say you're Harkin with such an Aussie Harkin. accent. Harkin. <laughs> so we're the co-founders of Taste Water. We have three flavors, and two more are launching in a couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. So we have zero across the nutrition panel. So flavored water, there's no sugar, no calories, sweeteners, no artificial colors, nothing like that. It's just fruit flavor and water. That's okay. All, it is. all right. So should we try one? Should we crack oh, one open? Yes. We got to crack one yes. open. Which flavor would you like? Uh, to try? I think pineapple is more my speed. So how, how did you? How and why did you decide to get this? Is this your baby? Yeah. Okay. Put him on the camera. Hi. Hey, family of there today here in Sydney, where we are doing our radio show from our 299th show. Okay, so I'm drinking. Yeah. I don't know if we have a cup. Okay, we have a cup. Oh, Ramona, what are we doing with that, Ramona? Okay, all right, we're going to pour it into a cup. Can we give some to our audience, our studio audience? What would you guys like to try some? So, this is no calories, water, and Straight up flavor. Yeah, but natural flavor, no sugar. Okay, I made all my brachas before camera. Okay, you talk while I drink. When, <laughs> so when did you start? You tell the water was created on our kitchen bench. Um, we wanted to be all healthy. About seven, eight years ago, we started to um, try and find a water without any calories or sugar. And we went to one of Australia's famous brands and started drinking that. And it's water with flavor. and. After jogging for one year, I stopped and I looked at the bottle and I saw sugar on the back of it. And I never would have thought, how does sugar go with water? And I started to have a look around and Coles and Woolies and I couldn't find anything without the zero. And so we said, we want to make that difference. We want to create taste water. And we developed after a few years. Yeah. From, from the time you had this idea after your jog, Till you got it on the shelf. I always call it from brain to shelf. How long was that process? Yes. Really? Maybe five years. I don't think people realise how hard it is to have a concept and then put it on the shelf to produce a kosher product or even any product at all. Right? A lot of hard work. Yeah. Do you do something else besides this? I have we have a family business in real estate. Okay. And, uh, oh, I've, I've never heard of a Jewish family in real estate. It doesn't happen in America. When, and we, we, and we uh, basically, more or less, is taking out all our day. Okay, this is, and I see you're busy with children. This is so nice. We have a, the, uh, you know, the other family that we once had on the show, we had the Klein family. Uh, I'm going to say it must be in 2015, Schiff and Shlomi Klein from Fleischix Magazine. Oh. As ex South African, now American, and he brought his family onto the show when we were in the studio in Manhattan. And now, again, I think I don't think we've done it since. So, um, 
Yeah, so you get Flashix magazine all the way, all the way here. Schlocky, you have that sugar. This is amazing. You they they mail it. You can't buy it. Right? Wow, you have I to have a subscription. Okay, the paper one I have to pay. <laughs> there. I did. Yeah, yeah, I did a super recipe. One of the yeah. recipes. Okay, let's introduce your boys. Two boys and a girl. What's yeah. your name? Yosef. Yosef. Hi, Yosef. What do you tell us? What's a food show? Tell us what you like to eat. Cookies, chocolate, hot dogs, chips, lolly, lollipops. Do you like his Aussie accent, guys? All right. What do you like? Are we a little princess here? Are you wearing the ballerina outfit? I'm wearing the soccer outfit. Oh, you had soccer. Fantastic. Let's talk to your sister. What's your name? Again? Libby. Libby. Hi, Libby. Do you do ballet? Okay. And how old are you? Five. And who's this little lady? Man? man. Little man. Hi, little man. Say hi, Shmuley. Hi, Shmuley. Do you like to eat? No, he does. Oh, he loves his so, food. He loves his food. Okay, amazing. So, where where in Australia are your drinks available? And then everywhere, oh. all around Australia, um, we're nationwide. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, we're in about China. Not yet, Australia wide. Australia wide. Are we are we gonna get this into the American market? Um, but maybe I'm not sure right now. We're focusing. Australia. So, Let's do it. We're going out for dinner, dinner at, at uh, in Manhattan after oh, Kosher Fest. Sure. We want to see these products on the shelf. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Say thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Okay. We have had a pretty exciting show so far, learning a lot about the Sydney Jewish community. Is Rabbi, oh, hi, we're going to have some wine now? Oh, we're going to, guys, we're stopping. We're having some wine. First water, then wine. You know what my friend's 95-year-old grandmother used to straight say? Why drink water when you can drink wine? But, right? Yeah, okay, so tell us what we've got here. So here is Harkham Wine. Harkham Wine. And the makers in the Hunter Valley. Where is the Hunter Valley? It's in uh, two hours away from Sydney. Okay. And we are the first wine winery Australia to be kosher. Produced in Produced, Australia. Made in Australia and bottled in Australia. There's no other winery in Australia. We are the first ones to be kosher only. To be kosher only? Yeah. Rabbi, tell how us. How are you? How are you? So back here. So Harkham Winery. Rabbi. Have time with us. Winery is the first exclusive, exclusive kosher winery in Australia. Um, they many other places produce wine, but they don't only produce um, kosher wine. They do specific kosher runs of you know batches. Whereas of the, every, no, oh. of in other wineries, whereas Arkham, like Teal Lake, for example, like Teal Lake, um, Tuna Hills, and things like that. Harkham Winery is a dedicated kosher winery vineyard, and all they produce is kosher wine. So yeah, incredible kosher. So you have a vineyard, and in that vineyard, you produce your wine, Correct. or you're sourcing the grapes no, we, from other places. We source the grapes from other places. We used to have our own grapes. At the moment, we're regrowing all the grapes, all the vineyards. So hopefully, soon we'll have it all grown and 
able to pick ourselves. The, the Hunter Valley is world famous for its terroir. For the terroir, we've heard a lot of that word on the show before. Uh, terroir, we, we know from all our uh, Gabe Geller, it's uh, from Royal Wines. He's taught us that it's tasting the climate. You taste your environment. It's the soil. It's the grass. It's the rain. It's the sunshine. It's everything that makes the environment and it's usually used with wine but also it's cheeses how cheese tastes and how fruits and vegetable taste just it's interesting that you say that because one of the uniqueness the unique aspects of harkham wines is that preservatives they literally let you taste everything that the environment has to offer and it's incredible every bottle has its own unique taste um they don't standardize it like other wineries it's literally, it's what Hashem gives you from the earth. Rabbi, you ready to drink a Lachaim with me? Okay, so what do we do? We learn, we swirl a little bit. Okay. Now, I, I didn't make this bracha off camera. And we're going to smell it. Oh, my God, this smells amazing. <laughs> okay. Mm. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's quite good, huh? Amazing. Show the bottle where it says preservative free. Preservative free. Um, is it vegan? It's uh, vegan, yeah. Yeah, because there's a thing, you know, they put a bit of egg egg into wines. I don't know if you know. Those that. who go red in the face and have headaches, you drink half of wine, you won't get any redness, any headaches. No, we have <laughs> our audience is like, can we give our audience a little bit yeah, to try? Sure. It all, it all actually started, um, my great, my grandmother, Ziza Hakam, she was, uh, she used to make wine in Zichon Yaakov, Israel. Famous. And uh, my family had come back to their roots many years ago. My dad was looking for a family farm. He had sold the house and looking for another one. And I remember one night he came home and said to his wife, Geraldine, I bought a winery. Oh, your mom's Geraldine. Geraldine. You're a Gosh, okay. And they purchased this vineyard and they were making, I could say, vin uh, vinegar wine. Ugh. It was not a success. One year, my dad went there to Israel and uh, Sephardi chief rabbi, Rabbi Mordechaliao. Oh. He gave him a bracha. He said, Nash, are you going to do kosher wine? You're going to have a bracha. And today, not only we do we serve the kosher world, we're in a lot of non-kosher places. In fact, the majority of their wine selling is sold to non -Jews. Amazing. I'm do, you, do you make wine? Yeah, we do. You're going to send me some white to Definitely. go back home one. I yeah. have, I came to Australia with um, plastic wine holders, so it can oh. go in my suitcase. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you never know when you're going to get some wine. I bought something for my dad. I bought Tio Pepe, which is uh, a uh, some sort of uh, sherry that's very hard to get. So I had one <laughs> bottle left from to bring to him. So I, I that's how I have it. So now I have it empty to bring home one of the Harkham wines. Oh, this is really amazing. Amazing. So how many different kinds of wines do you make? Quite a variety, I think. There's, Rabbi, uh, how many? We have rosés, we have Chardonnay, we have Shirazes, we have all different, uh, literally all different. And are these available around the world? Available around the world. We have Japan, Singapore, London, Asia, New York, LA. Who's your, who's your New York distributor? We have someone in New York, not a Jewish guy. Oh, who distributes? So, yeah. can I find this in my local kosher? I 
think it's in, the, in Crown Heights they have it on the Eberly's. Eberly's. I'm going to have to hook you up with my people. <laughs> I mean, have you been at Kosher Fest? I have not. Rabbi, Ramona. <laughs> we have uh, what to talk about now. Okay, amazing. This is really, really, really superb. I can't drink much more than this right now because oh, I've got to enjoy. finish out the show, not Thank on the floor. Much. This is really amazing. Is that the bushel? No, not the bushel. Not the bushel. Oh, we never will have to finish it. Thank you okay. very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. What a lineup of a show. Um, we are going to sign out in a couple of minutes. Um, but it's been a, an amazing show right here. 299 shows. 10 years. Thank you, Nachum Siegel, for everything that you've done for us uh, here at Table for Two and having the show and having me. To CK, uh, Avrami, thank you, thank you for everything. It's really been a wild ride. I uh, want to say thank you to the team at Millie's for having us today. I turned the place upside down. They're sticking around so we can do both of these shows. Uh, nothing like doing shows from the hometown. Our amazing audience. Yeah, next show. We're doing next show. Our amazing audience, uh, stick around next week, which we're going to air right. We're going to record the show right after this. We're going to have another show from Australia. I can't wait to sh uh, record that now. And we're going to sign off for this week. Wishing you all Shabbat Shalom. We have music sponsored by our friends at Kedem right up until the benching. And we just want to say from Australia, G'day, Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>